0: Any uh ground rules oh. I should know for you know, what you usually do with the podcast or anything?
1: Um I mean so far, uh so far there's not really any been any rules. It's kind of been I mean, dude, I'll just tell you like I'll tell you what has gone on the There is a risk to be bought in There is a risk to There is a risk There is a risk guys welcome back to the get a little weird podcast my name's nate uh this is normally where i would introduce the guest and kind of uh lead up to the interview but i am not going to do anything like that all all i'll tell you is that i called a friend last night uh, that hadn't spoken to in like a long time probably like it's probably been like 8 years since we've actually had uh a a, a longer conversation. So, it was really enjoyable and uh there's a lot of uh cool information and funny moments. So, uh hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, here it is. Hey, what's up, Ethan? Hey, I'm back. Yeah, um I listened to uh I listened to that first little uh test and uh, I can't hear the raindrops on my end. I I had over ears in the car, and I put on over ear protection, and I couldn't I couldn't hear the water. So
0: okay,
1: cool. Uh, I think it's pretty good at cutting out uh, what's not a voice, you know. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, man. Um. So. I guess um. I'll introduce you a little bit. So you're Ethan Tolby. I've known you since I was in seventh grade. (laughs) So,
0: been that long? Geez, what's that? It's been that long, really.
1: Yeah. Um, so I didn't know you until the Michigan trip. Um, and that was the summer before seventh grade. So, Mm,
0: man, you have a better memory than I do about that stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's that honestly, that Michigan trip is probably on my top 10 life moments, period. I mean, it it grew me up a lot, I think, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I remember a good bit of that. It was like a new Buffalo, Michigan, like that town or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know that, right uh, on Lake Michigan. Yeah, and uh, Charlie's Cabin, and yeah, wrestling on that mat in the lake. Yeah. Yeah, Every single that. time
1: I see Jason, he reminds me of that. He's like, "Do you remember the mat?" And I was oh, like, "Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man." I, I would not remember like, <laughs> you know, when I met you or anything like that. I have a, I have a pretty bad like spatial memory for stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to remember like life events and like when things happened, you know, in time. I feel like a lot of my, uh, a lot of my like, early, elementary and junior high kind of years kind of just like melded together in my brain a bit you know
1: yeah yeah i i feel you um it does kind of seem to blend the older the older as time go like as we get older and time goes on i i know like uh i would ask my dad questions when i was younger and my dad wouldn't know, and I'm like, how the heck don't you know? And now I'm like, I'm not his age, the age that he was then, but I'm closing in on it, and I'm like, and that's why he didn't know, because it just, whatever ten years are back, is just a big pile of mush, like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me, to definitely, like, there has to be very, like, punctuated things to remember around, but yeah, a lot of that's just a wash for me.
1: Yeah. But... Do you re- do you remember when Holland hit his head on that trip?
0: Uh, Yeah, he had to wear a swim cap, right?
1: Yeah, he had to wear... That's, we, what he wore, did he hit his
0: head on? I forget it.
1: Uh, We got into Michigan or, like, we got... We weren't even in New Buffalo yet. I think we were, like, 20 minutes out. There was, like, that little... I was just with Jason, like, three months ago. And he told me it wasn't an ice cream shop we were at. It was a... It was actually, like, a kid's camp, but... Mm-hmm. Charlie knew the people who owned the kids' camp, and he had called them or something and and had them like do soft serve for us out of the camp cafeteria and so we went there, and there was a playground and uh Jacob hit his head on like the swinging bridge
0: oh really man I don't remember I remember like him hurting his head and having to wear a swim cap, but I don't remember yeah, like, we went any of the other things.
1: Me, him, and Jason and Charlie, we went to the uh, emergency room and we stayed there until like two in the morning.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: it was awesome. I and we thought that was going to ruin the whole trip, but yeah, he just kept that swim cap on, and that's why we called him the. Me and Jason talked about this. Like that's why we called him the orange beast or whatever the orange oh, monster, because yeah. <laughs> it was like neon orange.
0: <laughs> man, I'm surprised Jason remembers that as well as he does.
1: Well, Ooh. yeah, he's kind of getting, cause he asked me about the mat twice when we were at dinner, the same mm-hmm. dinner. <laughs> and I was like, you know, still as enthusiastically like, yeah, I remember the mat, but I almost wanted to tell him, you know, you already asked me that once, but I no,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Uh,
1: I won't bother him with that.
0: Yeah. I used to see him around um, every now and then before I moved out of Ohio. Um, I used to climb, <clears throat> go rock climbing at Miami's Rick Center a lot, and he would go and play pickup basketball with college kids. And so I saw him a couple times there, and I'd stop and talk to him for, you know, five minutes or so or something like that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's an awesome he's an awesome dude. He's somebody I'm glad I still have in my life. Like,
0: yeah, I definitely a really good dude. I really like Jason a lot. What is so, uh? Oh, good.
1: Oh, you you go ahead. You go ahead.
0: I was gonna ask what he's currently up to.
1: Well, he okay. So, um, he got dumped by the by the Presbyterian Church like two summers ago. Um, and he took a year off almost, uh, pastoring, and uh, he worked as a substitute teacher, and he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was like, I didn't know, like, he's like, people warned me that kids were jerks nowadays, and I just Mm -hmm. didn't know how bad they were. Um, Yeah. But, so, he kind of, he took his, you know, time at that, um, and then he's back at a church, he's actually, um, they moved, because obviously they lived in the parsonage, so they had to move. Right. Um, Man, that was such a cool house. (laughs) Oh, dude, that's what I'm gonna miss, is... Like, obviously, I'm gonna, you know, I don't have to miss Jason because he's only, he only lives in Oxford, but Mm -hmm. dude, that house, that basement was amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, even, man, the upstairs was even, like, where uh, Emily and Carrie's room was. That upstairs was huge and really, really cool.
1: You want to know something funny? I was never up there.
0: I, I was only up there, like, once or twice, um, I think one time I was there and they like lost a hamster and it was like in the radiator or something. Oh. Uh, I find it. But it's like, it's like an apartment, you know, and they just have like this, this apartment basically themselves. It's like, oh man, that would be really cool.
1: <laughs> that that sounds awesome. Yeah. I've, I never even went up the stairs. I don't think, cause I just, mm-hmm. I think at that time I was like, well, I probably shouldn't go up to a girl's room. So yeah, yeah I just sure. stayed on the first floor, but it, it, it's a really unique house. Um, and i don't know how many times i got creamed in ping pong down there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i've good memories of playing ping pong for sure
1: did you play a lot were you around for the junction a lot or
0: not much um i think when you guys were playing like at the junction a lot like i think that was like when like we were kind of on our way out you know from going to church or anything like that and so i don't think i went there a few times but not too much
1: yeah that's a shame dude because we used to have i mean there for a little bit and like stephanie my wife can attest to this i spent way too much time there playing ping pong mm-hmm. we were just dating and uh the one night she was throwing up and she was sick and i was like well, we can't leave yet. I'm still playing ping pong. I <laughs> need to play ping pong for like two and a half hours. I was her ride home. I now looking back, I've, I feel bad about it, but. Uh, <laughs> ping I, pong is life. <laughs> <laughs> well, She's still with me. And so that's kind of that's kind of the point of it is she she saw enough in me to uh, forgive me for that. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's funny.
1: Dude, so you said you were out of Ohio?
0: Yeah, I haven't, I've been gone since fall of 2018. Um, so basically, I went to college at IU East, um, and I majored in biology. And so I graduated from there in 2016. And then I, uh, they immediately, because they're pretty short on professors, and they immediately hired me to do some online classes and teach uh, introductory biology um, for them. So I did that for a year after that. Um, and then I worked for a rock climbing guiding company, um, for a little bit for about a year. Um, they do trips in like Columbus, Ohio area, um, far East side of Ohio area where there's actually some rocks to climb and stuff. Did that for about a year. Um, and then I, cause I was basically, I was biding my time. Cause I was trying to get into graduate school. Um, and so I eventually got into graduate school in Texas. And so I moved to Corpus Christi, Texas in fall of 2018. And I finished my master's back in May um, from there. And now I live in West Virginia with my girlfriend.
1: Dude, that's awesome. Um, so two questions that come out of that Um what school was down in Corpus Christi?
0: It's uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. So it's one of the branches of A&M.
1: Okay, that's, that's pretty, uh, I mean, that's still pretty prestigious. I mean, and I'm sure you got the education you needed then.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I have a degree in uh, fisheries and mariculture. So it's basically kind of like a marine biology, um, but it's a little more focused on like commercial fishing, um, like economics behind fishing a little bit, um, stuff like that. So, that's the kind of, like, you know, degree I have.
1: So, are you talking about, like, uh, like salmon fisheries, or are you talking, like, boats?
0: I mean, it would be, it'd be both. Um, like, they operate, well, I mean, salmon fisheries are on boats, typically. Um, but, so you've got, I mean, you've got fisheries everywhere, right? You've got your salmon fisheries on the East Coast, you have, like, There's oyster fisheries, lobster fisheries, you know, anything that's, like, caught for, like, commercial use a lot of times. And even, like, in the states with, like, recreational fishing, you still kind of call those fisheries. Um, So, like, you know, here in West Virginia, for example, you know, they have fisheries biologists who do research on, like, the local fish, help determine, like, how their populations are, how many fish you can allow people to catch, you know, to maintain, like, healthy populations and stuff. So, it's kind of an all-encompassing kind of thing for kind of like the uh, the broad scale looking at fish populations and stuff.
1: Dude, that's that's really awesome.
0: Yeah. So, you're not so concerned. Like, marine biology would be a little more concerned with, like, maybe particular organisms, like some mechanistic stuff, like how their bodies work and stuff like that. Um, fisheries is more like an ecology thing. So, it's like a, a wider view. Like, there's a lot of statistics involved and a lot of numbers and stuff. So it's like a, a bigger whole scale view that is usually applied to economic stuff and limitations and things like that.
1: And so then you would, um, or whatever body you work for, would then govern uh, DNR laws and things like that?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it depends on how high you work up. So like right now I'm trying to get a West Virginia DNR job. Um, and they wouldn't so much govern – Um, things is they would like supplant or supply like the information and the research to make those decisions. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Every every state has like um, X amount of districts um, that all report to one higher authority um, in the state who will like take all the data these other districts give them and kind of figure out what they need to do with it and stuff like that. Ultimately, I'd like to work for uh, someone like NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, because they do that stuff at like a federal level, and so they are like informing and enforcing federal law uh, related to fisheries. Um And I really like marine stuff, um, saltwater stuff as opposed to freshwater. So they do a lot of interesting stuff with that. So that's where it ultimately like to end up.
1: Man, that's that is such a. <laughs> You've got a focus there. Then that's, that's oh yeah. Really...
0: I've always I've always known since I was real little that I wanted to do, like, marine biology-esque stuff. And uh, there's a couple times, like, in high school where I thought about doing something like engineering or something like that. Um, and then the, when I went on my visit to IU East, there's, like, nah, just do what you're actually passionate about, you know. <laughs> Might as well enjoy, you know, what you're doing. So, I've Well, yeah, don't this. just
1: chase the money because a lot of people get to a dead end that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely want to enjoy it at least a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, that must have, um, I just thought of, like, it must have broken your mom's heart that you didn't want anything to do with horses. (laughs) Oh
0: Yeah, I stopped messing with horses, like, man, late junior high, I think.
1: Well, I was going to say, you already didn't like horses when I met you, so.
0: Well, I mean, I liked horses, but I hated being forced to. Do all the chores and stuff for sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> I really I really like horses as, as animals and stuff, but yeah, it was just like having no choice and having to do all this stuff. And there's actually there's a point in high school where I just like she kept getting more and more animals and stuff and creating more and more work. It's like you're getting animals. It's your thing. I'm done with it, you know.
1: Yeah, dude, there's gotta be there's gotta be that point.
0: Yeah, she got really into goats for a period of time where we had, like, 30, 40 goats around at one point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they were everywhere, man.
1: And he had no grass. He just lived in a mud hole.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Goats are, like, the ultimate escape artists, like, animals. Like, every time I would come home, like, there would just be goats in the yard because they'd figure out how to gather enclosures. And so we're constantly freaking twining stuff up, (laughs) you know, trying to fix fences and stuff the entire time. Oh They're so hard to keep in, man. As my girlfriend keeps talking about, she, like, thinks goats are the cutest, greatest things ever, and it's like, <laughs> sheep, maybe, because they're not, they're not as hard to keep in, you know?
1: Yeah. Dude, I, I've never had, I've never had a goat, and I've never had an experience with a goat. I mean, Holland had two goats one time, and that was all, I don't know, like, I petted them, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't want I don't know like okay, you see the pygmy goat or the like the little fainting goats mm-hmm. on Instagram or something or on TikTok and you're like, "Oh, that's cute," you know. Except yes, it's
0: I, actual I, fear response. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I think eventually it would wear off. The cuteness would wear off.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean it's like a it's like the same reaction that possums have where it's like It's a completely involuntary, like, chemical reaction basically happening inside their bodies that, like, makes them do that. (laughs) And so their system just shuts down. At at a certain point, it's just mean because you're just, you know, (laughs) freaking the go out. And
1: now I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's, like, nervous system damage over time. Probably. Probably not because it's built in. I right.
0: Mean... Evolutionarily, probably not. But evolution may not account for how often they might be getting scared <laughs> nowadays compared to, you know, previously. But also, I don't know if those – those also might be very selectively bred. Like somebody back in, like, you know, the early 1800s might have had one fainting goat, and they're like, oh, this is cute. I'm going to breed more of these, you know. <laughs> yeah. That might be what happened. I'm not sure <laughs> about the history of fainting like, goats
1: we get to, like, the year 2140
0: at all goat's fame. Yeah, Yeah. goats are, I mean, goats are interesting, and they're they're useful. Um, There's people who they have their herds of goats, or whatever, and goats will eat everything. And so they'll take them places, people hire them, they'll fence off, like, in woods and stuff like that, and the goats will just go through and eat all of the underbrush, like, real quick, and they'll just, like, rotate around people's properties so they can just rent the goats to eat whatever stuff they want to get rid of.
1: Huh. Yeah. And uh. Sorry, I had, I have no clue what I was (laughs) going to (laughs) say. I, okay, so there was like, I don't, I can't remember if it was on SNL or something, but it was like President Trump said something about cleaning the forest.
0: Oh, yeah, cleaning the forest floor.
1: And I just wonder if he has heard about these goats, so.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, but. That stuff is a uh, the stuff you want to clean up the forest floor is a lot of uh just wood, <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of times, like when you have that uh that forest growth, is usually trees have fallen down, they've lost all their you know leaves and everything like that, and there's a lot of dry pine needles, and I'm not sure how effective they'd be for something like that.
1: Oh, so so that was the idea. See, because I didn't even know what the idea. Like I said, I whatever it was, if it was SNL or whatever, mm-hmm. it was just parodied, so there was no context. And I didn't even know, I guess, was he saying that's what caused the California wildfires? Yeah,
0: he, he's kind of fixated on the idea that there's not good forest management going on. And he he has a very, I guess, narrow view of what forest management is. But he thinks that they should be raking the forest floors and getting all that woody debris out Um have less fuel and stuff like that um which that is done in some places um but there's there's a lot of short-sightedness there as well um like for one a lot of that land that's burning is a federal forest so it's in the purview of his department of the interior to do any of those things but they haven't (laughs) if that's one of the things you want to do um so
1: if he if he's blaming someone, he's just looking at the mirror, essentially.
0: Essentially. In a lot of that case. I think most of the, the land that burned, especially I think the Oregon and stuff, is actually federal land. Um, but also those areas, a lot of them are so remote. There's no access roads. There's no kind of way to get back in and, you know, clear that debris and stuff. So for it, yeah, and raking wouldn't do everything for you. Um, it would. It can definitely help in some cases, but saying that's, like, the singular thing and that, you know, it's on these departments to do it is a really short-sighted view, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's a tall that's a tall order to fill for anybody. Yeah,
0: else, so. I mean, and I guess it also kind of goes back to, uh, you know, Trump himself is not a fan of those red states, California, a lot of Oregon, stuff like that, so he definitely wants to paint them under a a bad breath. Reading, yeah. You know?
1: So, okay. So back to, I know I jump. This is kind of the idea. This is kind of what happens on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I just jump around. A that bunch. works for me, man. <laughs> but, uh, I, I will, I will stop for one second on, on this quick thing that I thought of and then go back to the original. But, so you were talking about having to do chores and crap. Do you remember when your mom had the youth group come yes, out and shovel horse crap? Yes,
0: I do. I don't remember, like, why that was a thing, but, jeez, it was such a pain.
1: <laughs> that, I think it was the same year that my mom had everybody come out to our house and replace 37 windows. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I think it was just, like, the idea of, like, helping the anybody in the church something. could have the youth group. Yeah. Help the community and they just used us as child (laughs) slaves
0: you're not wrong man well I mean the worst thing too about okay the thing about cleaning horse stalls is you're supposed to keep up on it so like every day you're supposed to go in and use a little pick and take out what's in there Um, but my mom would never do that she would just let them get to those apocalyptic states where they're just heavy wet disgusting you know and then just make make other people completely clean out the stall. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like you could save hours of work by just going in. It takes five minutes. Pick out the stall real quick, you know, each evening. And she would never do that.
1: That's the same thing with the dishes every night, but I have a sink full of dishes. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but uh, I think horse crap is stinkier than my dishes, yeah. so...
0: Yeah, my dishwasher doesn't work right now, and my maintenance people will not fix it. They said they don't know how to fix it, so I have to call my property manager and stuff and be like, hey, please replace my dishwasher or something. I have no faith they'll do it, but... And we cook, like, everything, so we always have tons of dishes, and so we're always doing so many dishes at night. It's a pain, man.
1: I take it you're, like, a healthy eater, then? Oh, ah,
0: fairly. I'm not, like, amazingly healthy um me and my girlfriend we probably eat like 90 percent of the time vegetarian usually um but it doesn't necessarily mean healthy um just eat some chicken here and there really like making indian food um it's like our biggest thing lately but i do need to start working in more vegetables uh, for sure i've gone around and in the freezer but sometimes it's just hard when i have like a a recipe I'm working on I don't really a good way to fit vegetables into the recipe that like complements it you know what I mean
1: yeah cause that that is a hard thing to compliment in like especially like if you own only...
0: you just cut out for me
1: hey dude sorry are you
0: there yeah i'm
1: here awesome man uh let me get this window rolled up all right so the last thing we said like 20 minutes ago you said that you were trying to eat more veggies <laughs>
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah talking about how it's hard to compliment veggies with some meals like if you're making indian food like have you eaten much indian food before
1: zero indian food
0: Zero. Oh man zero it's not um, that I
1: don't want to try it. I just don't want to try it alone.
0: Well, if you want to try it, go to... Because uh, you live in Centerville, right? Yeah. In Richmond, uh, Gulzar's in Richmond. It's uh, over past the mall across from like, the movie theater on 40.
1: Yeah, and, I'm familiar with where it's at. Uh, the Hollands told me about it once. Uh,
0: yeah, it's a good buffet. And you can go and try whatever stuff, you know. Find out what you okay. like, what you don't. But if uh, you, with Indian food, you're making a lot of, like, curries and stuff, and so if there's not veggies, like, in the curries and stuff, it's kind of hard to just, like, put a side on and, you know, want to eat it as well. Yeah. But I highly, highly, highly recommend that place. Try it out sometime.
1: Yeah, dude, I'll I'll have to do that. They probably have, like, like a, just a regular menu I like could take out, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, I forgot, yeah. Obviously, buffets aren't a thing currently, but um, tikka masala, like chicken tikka masala, is like a pretty good place to start, you know? Maybe that and a little bit of naan and try it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I guess it's like pretty spicy, which is pretty much right at my alley, so.
0: Oh, that's good. It's as spicy as you want it to be. Um, a lot of times they'll ask you what spice level you want. Um, and I think I think they do like one through ten. And so a ten is like Indian person spicy, and like a I think a six or a seven is like a you know white people spicy. So.
1: And is it all, all pe- I'm not at All like I love food, all types of food, but I'm not really up on Indian food. Is it like chili pepper, or is it uh, more like? Uh, kind of hot
0: it's uh it's usually um like chili powder that makes it hot a lot of the time um they can put some chilies and stuff in it as well but i think it's usually chili powder that usually gives it that heat so that that kind of hot gotcha um, and
1: it's like i think it's like kind of Kind of, like,
0: a wet food, right? Normally? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a... It's usually, like, a curry served over rice. And so the the way I like to eat it, and a lot of people eat it, is, uh, they have naan bread, which is, just like, a round flatbread that goes with it, and you can... I usually just put some on the naan bread, and then, you know, eat that in one go. I really That's like, like, awesome. text... I really like, like, textural difference with my food, so, like, I don't want to eat something, it's just, like, a lot of, uh... <laughs> you know, soup or curry or something like that. i like to have some, something crunchy or something to go along with it, too.
1: Yeah. And it's like, pretty much no beef, right, too?
0: Yeah. yeah, there's, I mean, they might make some beef stuff just for uh, um, American tastes, but they typically don't eat beef, no?
1: Well, so yeah,
0: because i Korean I... stuff, too.
1: What's that? Sorry
0: a lot of good vegetarian stuff as well um a lot of some areas of india just do a lot of vegetarian food
1: that's something you know vegetarian uh his cuisine is not something i've ever dived into because i've never had the the need or the the want to ditch meat. <laughs> but uh yeah I, I know it is a lot you know there's there's a lot of studies that say that it is very uh very healthy to go that way
0: mm-hmm. i don't have any uh like, dislike of meat in any way um it's just typically cheaper um i found like honestly like like buying meat protein is pretty expensive um unless you're buying like really cheap stuff that usually isn't very good um but like when i was in grad school and stuff um my grocery budget is 100 bucks a month for myself and Shoot. so for me to hit 100 bucks i ended up just like just happened to eat a lot of vegetarian food uh you know I mean, I'm still on 100 bucks a month now, it's just me, like, me and my girlfriend try to spend about 200 bucks a month on groceries. And we just end up eating a lot. Chickpeas are like a really big base
1: food for us. Chickpeas, Chickpeas are... I mean, I like hummus
0: and... Yeah, um, we make like, I think tonight we're making hummus pasta. So you make like a you know, hummus, like kind of a pasta sauce, it's kind of like a warm pasta salad with hummus and uh, noodles, it's really good. That does um,
1: sound pretty
0: good. Oven-roasted chickpeas are pretty amazing. Like, there's... There's a lot of good stuff you can do with chickpeas. A lot of beans. Yep. Stuff as well. You ever had,
1: you ever had like, tabbouleh? Uh, let
0: me Google. How do you spell it? Do you know?
1: Um, I think it's T-A-B-O-U-L-L-E-H.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. It's a salad?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a salad. It's like, uh... It's got chickpeas and it's got, um, quinoa and, uh, red onion, tomato, uh, cucumber.
0: Oh, sounds amazing.
1: People eat it warm and I, dude, the first time I ate it warm, I spit it out everywhere and I said, how dare oh, you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> but when you eat it cold, man, it's kind of like eating cold potato salad, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's not starchy. It's like really light and, um... I'm not a cucumber guy, I never have been, but, dude, if I could eat a pound of tabbouleh right now, I would.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like right up my alley for sure. Yeah,
1: dude, you, you, you ought to try it, man. Like, mm-hmm. but, uh, it'll, I think it'll last you yeah. a
0: while. Just as a heads up, uh, you're cutting out just a little bit, so you might want to go back to this section of it when you review. It's kind of.
1: A little, uh, yeah. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to hang on.
0: <laughs> All right, sounds good.
1: But yeah, yeah, I'll man, try it
0: out. That's right up our alley. We really like Mediterranean food and uh, stuff like that.
1: Dude, that's actually. I'm glad you said Mediterranean food because that's actually what it reminds me of, uh, flavor profile wise, and just the freshness. Mm-hmm. Is uh like, have you ever had that Skyline? They have the Greek. Uh, Greek chicken wrap, that's kind of what it, like, uh, just, yeah, taste-wise, palate-wise, that's yeah. kind of what it all notes that it hits. Almost like, uh, like, okay, you've had, like, a gyro, too.
0: Yeah, I love gyros.
1: Uh, so, like, that, the tzatziki sauce is what I'm thinking of, like, with that cucumber hint, you know, that you yeah, get in sure. that. That's, uh...
0: That's actually what my What's girlfriend I made for Christmas dinner was a uh, euros. We made it for oh, like, you did that for
1: Christmas dinner?
0: Yeah, we usually we like to try to do something kind of like off the wall a little bit, you know, just an excuse to try something good. So we made homemade euros, and they turned out amazing.
1: Homemade sneaky yeah, sauce crazy. is the next
0: level. And it's you, not hard to make, make the, it all either.
1: You made the sauce yourself then?
0: Yeah, you just like you grate up a. Uh, you really finely grate um, cucumber into it. I think it's yogurt, um, dill, seasoning. I um, think a little bit of salt and pepper. I think it's about it, and it is amazing. <laughs> it's so good, dude. I'm
1: gonna have to try that. And do you use real lamb then?
0: We did that time, yeah. Lamb's obviously expensive though. But you can uh, use chicken or something instead if you want. Yeah, um, I know. Like I
1: ate the euros at arby's that's pretty much where i've eaten them at and uh, the one yeah, is like way <laughs> i don't know like what it was it said traditional and mm-hmm. i can maybe guess that it was lamb based <laughs> mystery it's probably meat, a,
0: but it's probably like a lamb beef mix i think it's a lot of times the cheaper ones are
1: it's probably yeah like 30 70 lamb beef um mm-hmm. I'm okay with that, I mean, I have no, I was eating at two for six at Harvey, so I'm not looking for like, you know, completely traditional, you know, right off the skewer.
0: (laughs) I don't know about in the Richmond area, but um, in Dayton, there's a really good Euro place, uh, Euro palace. And then I had one when I was in Texas that I used to go to quite a bit. Uh, It was right next to the grocery store I went to. and it had amazing, amazing euros. Apparently, though, yeah, I, I recently been. learned um, lamb is not actually like a traditional euro meat. Like it's just something that apparently when they start making euros like in the in the states and stuff, people really liked it, and it just seemed exotic. You know what I mean? But apparently, they don't do lamb euros that often. Actually,
1: <laughs> was it goats? Are we back to goats?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I you think it might be something traditional i'm not sure
1: because what else i mean honestly what else do they have in greece but goats and sheep
0: i mean greece is a little bigger than you think i think they've got just about everything but i let you talk about the islands maybe uh what? traditional euro meat Beef, lamb mixture, um, beef, pork, or chicken. So, basically any kind of meat could go in a gyro.
1: Just grind it all up together. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. That's awesome. And that's, like, normally, normally it's kind of like that kebab, like, just shave it off the big hunk, right?
0: Yeah, when I made it, we just, uh... Basically, formed the meat into a loaf and mixed it with some onion and stuff like that. Um, and then we just cut it in thin slices after it came out of the oven. But yeah, a lot of time it's on that big old skewer. And
1: that's there was some uh, there was some show I watched on Netflix. It was like I think it's called Taco Chronicles or something. Um, but there was like this Mexican street fair or something, and there was this. I'm not even sure what type of meat and I was like looking at it trying to figure out what it was. Um but I mean the same hunk of meat is just sitting there under a hot lamp for like 13 days. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm going to call ahead and be like say in Spanish like what <laughs> is it new? Like is yeah. it new because if it's I'm if I'm on the 13th day <laughs> <laughs> it's in a hundred and eight degree heat in the middle of Mexico. <laughs> no thanks like
0: I don't know, man. Fermentation's flavor sometimes. <laughs> but I think that
1: was also the weird thing is that one of the guys was like When it's two weeks in, that's the best. And oh, really? I, I see like um I I don't know if you've ever watched it on YouTube, but it's called uh, First We Feast. Um I I like, watched
0: Hot Ones, but not, like, the First We
1: Feast. Yo, you've watched Hot Ones? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that is probably one of my favorite all-time shows on YouTube. But, yeah, oh, the fun. First We Feast, I, it was called Sean versus, or Sean in the Wild or something, so it was the same dude, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, um, the, he's, like, always talking to these beef people, and they're like, yeah, the best, the best hamburger is, like, when you let it sit open air in the fridge for like 72 hours and it gets like some rind on it or something like cheese, and I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> like, oh, it's
0: not, that's just, uh, that's dry aging. Um, so, anytime you see anything that's dry aged, that's basically what they've done is uh, sometimes they'll put them in like airtight pouches or something like that, but typically they'll go in the fridge for, yeah, a few days. And uh, so, dry aged steaks will have. Like a blackish rind on them, but you cut that off, okay, you it or anything. See, so, yeah. It's not, yeah, you're not eating the nasty rind
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, So, like, because you don't need a banana peel, so yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, surely, but it just seems gross, but I guess it just totally maxes out the flavor,
0: yeah, it definitely changes it. I've not messed with like beef and like doing anything like that too much. Um, because it's, it's a lot of work and it's stuff's expensive <laughs>
1: well and that's yeah that's the thing you, you go expense and then okay you spend $28 on a steak and then you dry age it at home like because they were like well, you could buy like a really like kind of mid-range really expensive steak you don't have mm-hmm. to go the high but you can go mid-range and then you can just do it yourself and so you're not paying for the dry aging but I'm like if I drop 28 bucks on a steak and what happens if I overdo it, and then I get food poisoning?
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, I just remembered um, when you dry age things, you have to put them in something that will let moisture out but won't let it in. Um, so you're trying to like get it to lose moisture, and that I think it's what helps create the rind as well.
1: Okay, and that would be the dry and dry age
0: thing. Yeah, you can um, you can buy like bags. Um, they, they look like paper bags but they're nice and they like a membrane or something and then they, yeah, they can evaporate water out and then uh, leave it you know keep it dry on the inside and we'll come back in and then it helps the, that dry aging process
1: yeah i've not i've never heard of that so that's really awesome
0: there's a channel it's called uh on youtube it's like sous vide everything um and then like he has another channel as well where he does a bunch of food experiments on meat and um, dry aging, and uh, cooking things in like completely in melted butter. And <laughs> oh, there's a lot of heart attack stuff going on, but it's interesting.
1: Yeah, sous vide is actually becoming like a. It's kind of like a food phenomenon. Like, like the one of the bosses at my work, he he bought one, mm-hmm. and like the machine for it, and he was like, "Yeah, it cost me like twenty eight hundred dollars, but it's totally worth it."
0: Twenty dollars for sous vide
1: but i think it was like half that half like a smoker or something like it did it wasn't just a sous vide but he just he he loves it like he's like everything's perfectly cooked like uh and he was i don't know he was trying to get me out there to to test some stuff Mm -hmm. uh which i'm down for free food but it just never it never worked out but uh yeah but no, dude, so, okay, uh, I'm probably got, like, another 10 minutes in me. Um, sure. So, but I, I just wanted to, so you're in West Virginia. Is that where she's from then?
0: No, she's actually, uh, she was born in New York City, um, lived there until she was, like, 14, uh, moved to upstate New York, um, and then she came down after she graduated college um, to the same school as me in Texas. So that's where we met. Cool. Um, She ended up transferring um, out of Texas after about six, eight months or something like that. Um, And then transferred to WVU um, here in West Virginia.
1: And you just kind of followed her then?
0: Yeah. I mean, the plan was, you know, moving together after we graduated because we did long distance for a while. Um, And then come, like, March when all the coronavirus stuff really kicked off, um, kind of the end of March. Um, wasn't sure if, like, state borders were going to get shut down or people were going to be imposing mandatory quarantines or anything like that. So I just said, all right, I'll just move now. Um, so I moved to the end of March and finished all my degree stuff online, which was no different because everything was already online, you know, at the time anyways. Um, yeah. I just, you know, finished all in West Virginia, and so I've been here for about six months.
1: That's awesome. You've probably been there before or?
0: i had, i had visited and I like went down with her when she um initially was looking for her apartments um like before like prior to the fall when she started and stuff um so yeah, I'd been down here once um just to check it out i mean it's pretty cool it's kind of like it's kind of like in Oxford, but it's bigger um, that's cool, pretty dominated by the university and then it kind of uh clears out um in the off season you know
1: yeah so. And it's kind of like a ghost town, kind of like Oxford.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, it's definitely more populated, though. There's definitely a lot more factories and industry going on. Um, I think the population of the area, like when the students here is like 300,000 or something.
1: Oh, yeah, so that's like a ton more.
0: Yeah, considerably bigger. Um, but it still kind of has an Oxford feel to it a little bit. It's nice. That's
1: awesome. Uh, so, okay... So, if you, if you think you have a next step, I mean, obviously, your, your guys' uh, um, lives are going to have to coordinate for where you go next. But if you, get, if you were to get out of West Virginia, you said you kind of have more of, like, a drive for, like, the, the marine life. Yeah. Um, wh- where, where do you think that will take you?
0: Um, I mean, not sure yet. Um, so, she does fishery stuff as well. Um, so we're in the the same field, except there's basically two kind of paths you can take is you can take like the professional track, um, where you work, or you can kind of take the academic track where you do more university stuff. Um, you go on and get higher education, you might become a professor or something like that. So I personally, I'm done with the academic track. I'm not really interested in it. Um, and so I'm kind of on the professional side, you know, trying to get my job and stuff. And she's on the academic track. So she wants to, you know, she wants to be a professor someday. She wants to have her own lab and stuff like that. Um, so basically, I mean, we'll be beholden a little bit to probably wherever she ends up um, going for her PhD. Because um, she's getting her master's right now. And after that, she'll have to get her PhD if she wants to be a professor or anything like that. Um, but hopefully, like, she wants to go coastal too. Um, so hopefully wherever we end up, It'll be pretty easy, hopefully, to find, you know, fisheries positions or something related, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay as flexible as possible and trying to make my skill set pretty broad. I'm trying to work on the computer side of things more because uh, like computer uh, programming and knowing coding languages is really important um, for data analysis and stuff. Um, So I've been kind of, whenever I can, trying to work on that, you know, trying to stay as flexible as possible.
1: Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, it it seems like you have, like, a ton more skills than anybody else that I know right now, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't have a ton of experience. I mean, that's that's the thing I'm lacking, really, I guess, is the experience. Like, I've got all the schooling and stuff. Um,
1: but, but everybody, dude, everybody is. Like, you're 26, right? Yeah. And so, like, for the next 14 years, everybody is going to tell you you don't have enough experience. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's kind of the curse of of our age, but you'll hit that forty mark and be like, okay, I'm here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't think I could have played my cards really any differently. <laughs> you know, to get have had any more experience by this time, there was there was nothing going on in Ohio um, like fisheries related. You know, so I ended up when I was in uh, college, I applied for tons and tons of internships and I got one actually in Texas um, between my was it sophomore and junior years of college I think um and so that's where I got like my only experience really that I kind of had to carry me into grad school um because if I mean if I hadn't had that I don't even know if I would have gotten into grad school
1: well no yeah probably not I mean I don't know a ton about college but I just know what I've seen on television and mm-hmm. and they want a lot out of you so
0: <laughs> yeah I definitely worked really hard for I mean, I really, I got my master's in probably, like I think it was like a year and nine months, actually. So, like, fall 2018 to, like, spring 2020.
1: Dude, and that's the fast track then. I mean, that's yeah. light speed. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can take longer. But, I mean, I had motivation to, like, get done faster because, you know, my girlfriend is living in West Virginia and everything like that. So, I really and probably at the expense of my mental health a little bit, like, push myself a bit hard, you know, um, to get it done in time. And so, it kind of, uh. It kind of goes in extremes because, you know, I did that. And then once I got done with that, like the end of May and stuff, I kind of just like vegged out for a bit because I'd gone so hard for two years. And so it's just like I had free time for the first time in two years. Yeah. And I just, for a few weeks there, I just didn't do anything. It felt like I just couldn't drive myself to do anything, you know?
1: Dude, but it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it was an earned rest at least. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and now I'm just spending my time uh, basically doing much applications um, trying to I'm basically trying to find a job to anything you know I can carry into <laughs> fisheries or something like that. Um, there's some jobs popping up that are like two hours or so away. Um, so I've basically exhausted all the job apps for everything close to me and I'm kind of having to branch out a little further now. Starting to potentially uh, think about the fact that I might have to take a job somewhere, you know, like three-ish hours away and, you know, stay there through the week and then come home on the weekends or something like that. Uh, dude,
1: that's that's insane, man.
0: Yeah, just trying I just have to – I have to get that first job, you know, like that's the important thing. It's like if I get that first year of fisheries experience, then it just opens up like everything for me, you know what I mean?
1: But, yeah, it, dude, it's so sad. It's so sad how a lot of people – like I have a friend who went to North Dakota And he was driving like, like, well, A, he moved from Ohio to North Dakota. That's huge, having not ever been to North Dakota. And then he goes and he has to drive like an hour or two to work every single day. And it's like, that dude, four hours commuting per day?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that might be what I'm facing. Um, There's a handful of jobs that have popped up in the town that's uh, an hour and 45 away. And luckily... Luckily, like mentally drives in West Virginia don't feel bad at all um, because you're driving through the mountains and the roads are kind of windy and stuff. So they feel like they go really fast because you're not driving like those straight highways, you know. But imagine, though, if I'm if I'm doing, you know, an hour forty five each way every day, I'm sure it's going to wear on me.
1: (laughs) Eventually, yeah. Just uh, be glad you have Google uh, Google Maps and it can tell you kind of alternate routes, maybe mix it up a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's that's podcasts.
1: crazy, and <laughs> I wish you didn't have to pay like that. But dude, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you know what to do. It sounds like you know what you have to do. And uh, dude, I'm proud. I'm proud of you, man. That's really cool. <laughs>
0: Thanks, but I appreciate it.
1: I didn't. Uh, I had no. I had no clue what I was uh, getting into. Uh, calling you, I'm. I'm glad, man. I'm. Uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing something that you enjoy. There's a lot of people who aren't, so.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, break through those walls, (laughs) you know, and once I I get through them and I'll be on my way, just a little bit of a waiting game right now. It's also like the worst time to get a job ever right now, (laughs) at least in this field, you know, because of COVID and everything. A lot of people are furloughing people and there's freezes on funding and everything like that, so.
1: Well, and even if there isn't, you, you have that kind of, you have that looming over your head, like um, anybody, anywhere that does any job, I mean, um, you just have that looming over your head, like, man, w- will I lose it for three months over, over the flu season, you know, like,
0: yeah.
1: luckily, you know, I work at a casket factory, so we're running, you know, like crazy because people are dying like crazy. So oh, geez, man. um, it's kind of like a, you know, that was kind of a blessing in disguise that I had this job because I didn't have to lose my job because the things we were making were the things that people were needing. I mean, yeah. Um, not like I was making medical masks, but I mean, like I said, death, you know, death happens and people need it. Um,
0: yeah. It's like the most bittersweet thing ever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Like, uh, yeah, at, at, at other people's expenses, I got to keep my job. But I'm sure there's other people like. I mean, surely there's other people who felt the same way. So yeah,
0: um, for sure.
1: But yeah, man, that's. I just, I I was thinking, I was thinking about this last night, and I saw on, uh, saw an ad on somewhere i'm not even sure oh no it was caleb shomo on instagram he posted that attack attack uh was bringing out a 10 uh 10th anniversary repressing of uh <laughs> i guess was that whatever album stick stickly was oh
0: Jeez, of. that song <laughs>
1: <laughs> and i thought about you dude i was like how <laughs> how fortuitous a moment <laughs> this is like I'm going to talk to Ethan tomorrow and you know, this, this album's coming out. That's hilarious. Like, because I remember when you showed me attack, attack and I just absolutely was not into it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to them since like, um, a, a is for Andrew was on, uh, uh, Vans Warp Tour 2011, uh, compilation. I still have that in the car. Like, mm-hmm. and, uh, dude, like, I don't know if you've heard, um, who's the, cl- I can't remember the clean singer's name, but he's got that band, Bill Murray.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, I forget his name what's on top of my head too, but yeah, Bill Murray's really good.
1: Dude, they are, dude, that Wet Milk album, I, I've never heard anything like it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> several of my friends are like really into Bill Murray. They've been to their, uh, shows and stuff like that as well.
1: Dude, I, um, I've obviously, well, maybe not obviously it's obvious to me that I have never been to one of his shows, but I think it would be cool. And I heard him on, uh, have you ever heard of, um, uh, Shane told podcast. Um, uh, what is that even called? Oh, Le- lead singer syndrome. No. Um, he was, you know, he's the dude from Silverstein. He's a lead vocalist from Silverstein. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he had, that dude whoever that dude is from Bill Mur- from Bill Murray he had him on like a year and a half ago and he was saying that like he was talking about like his favorite gear and he said he the album um or the guitar that he did most of the guitar work on wet milk uh with was this uh it was this i think it was a yeah fender stratocaster and it was um like a limited run that they did. It was like a like a giveaway guitar and the giveaway got canceled and it like went up on reverb or something and he bought it. It was uh, Bud Light all over. <laughs> and I saw a picture of it online and I was like, that is so funny. And like, so if I ever saw him, I would hope that he would play with that guitar.
0: <laughs> mm. uh, Johnny Frank, what's the name?
1: Johnny Frank, yeah, and Frank is spelled weird. It has a CK at the right.
0: end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just have to look it up because I can't remember either.
1: I feel like that's the uh, like an Ellis Island kind of mistake.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, potentially. Um, I don't think because I don't remember exactly like when um I ended up going to church and culture corner or whatever. But was I in uh my band at all when we were still hanging out?
1: yeah you were yeah. that was kind of in the whole like you weren't going to college corner um anymore and but we were on Facebook and talked a bit on there and mm. I remember you sent me some videos, and then what's funny is is I actually worked with Nate at miami
0: with uh oh Nathan Green, yeah, oh wow, really.
1: Yeah, and what's funny is is I was sitting there, I was sitting there one day, because we talked a little bit, but we didn't say like how we knew each other. Mm-hmm. And I uh I was like, oh my gosh, I kept see I kept seeing this memory of him, but it was cloudy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I uh his girlfriend also worked uh in the same building and she came up and gave him a hug, and I saw his girlfriend. And I was like, holy crap you were the guys at <laughs> like, I remember you two from Ethan's graduation party.
0: Oh yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. it
1: immediately, it immediately hit like, Oh, and I said, are you, were you a guitarist in Ethan Talby's band? And he was like, how do you know Ethan?
0: <laughs> Jeez, that's funny. I haven't talked yeah, that... to Nate in years. Um, I keep up with most, most everybody. Um, like logan uh the guy who's like the vocalist in the band like we're still really good friends like we talk every day on a group chat um and then i we've been talking about um doing some like online project stuff still um with uh like john the guitarist and stuff um but i yeah i haven't talked to nathan in a long time he kind of just like fell out of contact with all of us uh other guys for the most part
1: well, yeah, I think he went on to other things cuz he was like a student at Miami and was like I'm not sure what dude, I have like met so many people and known so many people's stories. Mm-hmm. I, some people I just forget what their deal was, you know, but
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's But that's yeah, fine. so
1: you still drum then, right?
0: I mean, I haven't gotten to in a long time cuz I've been living like in shared houses and apartments for years. Um but it's like I still have my drum set and everything. Um and so like First thing whenever I get a house somewhere is you know that's gonna come with me and get set up because I really do miss playing drums for sure.
1: That's awesome. Are you guys gonna use the same name? I don't even remember what it was, it was uh, to be honest
0: it had a couple names. I don't remember when I was in high school there was like there was like one name it was like when the sky burns and then um we decided that we didn't really like that music and we wanted to just like do kind of a clean slate so we changed the name um and release some better stuff and i don't remember where where in the timeline that would have fallen <laughs> you know what i mean um but you yeah, ever yeah we talked about it and we've got the music's all like pretty much ready um there was a guy that was like recording it and we we're trying to get these files from him that we need to like finish the recordings and he'll like will never respond to us um so we have to like probably re-record some stuff um, but all the, the music's done, there's five or six tracks, you know, done and ready to go. We're just like trying to figure out who's going to do it and how it's going to end up getting distributed, you know?
1: That's tight, dude. Uh, do you think it'll hop on Spotify at any point?
0: Uh, maybe I can send you some links to the the older stuff too, cause I have no idea what what you've heard and what you haven't, you know?
1: So when you said when the sky burns, I immediately yeah, it all flowed. Okay. Back, that was, so, yeah.
0: yeah, that was that was the old the old stuff before you like rebranded,
1: <laughs> I guess. It's still on YouTube, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll send you I'll send you links on uh Facebook later.
1: Dude, that that would be perfect. I, <laughs> dude, okay, so the best the best thing about the best thing about music is you don't have to be a professional to do it. Mm-hmm. As long as you can do it. Yeah. And so I love, I love like just knowing people who, who just did it. Mm-hmm. They got off their butts and they did it. And so like being able to listen to that would be awesome. I like, there was this one kid we went to school with. He was, uh, the, like, he was like lead scream in a, uh, like a death court. Band. Mm-hmm. Alvin? And I didn't, I didn't, Alvin? was that? Yeah, Alvin! Yeah. Oh my I know. gosh, I know, dude! I know, um, yeah, that's awesome, man. So, yeah, we—I uh, remember like listening to the music, and I'm like, I don't really like deathcore, but I like that my friend is screaming. Yeah, like, it's
0: interesting <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I'm one of my friends. Uh, that was like friends in like junior high. Was in a band with Alvin, and so I met him once. And he's just one of those people you kind of don't forget him. You know what I mean?
1: Oh dude, he's he's, distinct, he's one of the best guys. Very distinct individual. <laughs> dude, he is, and he has like a really. I mean, like if you heard his whole story, dude, you would like be crying and hugging him at the end. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but he's dude, he's a really awesome dude. I I know, like I think it was like a year and a half ago, I went to his, uh, I went to his grandpa's funeral and saw him, and um, he's actually like a rapper now. <laughs> Um, he switched to like mumble rap. And so, um, and that is normally when I would say he switched to mumble rap, that's like a negative. But Albin switched to mumble rap. And, uh, and so, cause he had done like, it was funny. It's funny how he kind of evolved. He went from doing like, a, like an Al City thing, like an electronica mm. thing, to, uh, he went to Villisca and did, you know, Villisca, the Death Corps stuff. Um, and then he moved to Alaska and he was in like a rap group. Jeez. And then like, and I think I, I'm not entirely sure because I never really talked to him about it. But from the looks of it, it actually looked like they were like an Alaskan gang. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of weird. But like, I just imagined them like putting hits out on, like, narwhals or something. <laughs> but, and then now he's now he's doing the SoundCloud rap thing, and, and I think it's really, like, some of his stuff, I listen to it, and I'm like, this could easily be, like, a really rad emo song or, like, a really heavy song. And, uh, but it's him, dude. It's him. And that's all, like, that's all he has. And I think it's all he's ever wanted. So. Yeah,
0: some people are just super, super, like, into their music. Because um, that's how old Logan is. Um, my The guy who's the, the vocalist in my band. And, I mean, he was just, like, dead Said and, like, this is all I want to do. Um, and I think now that he's grown up just a little bit, though, he's finally coming to terms with, like, okay, I can do this for fun. And I'm probably not going to make any money at it, but I probably need to get an actual job too, to like, cause it's an expensive hobby in some ways. Like recording music is not cheap. Uh, yeah. equipment is not cheap, you know? So there's definitely, I mean, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, if you want to really pursue your art, but it's not commercially viable, <laughs> you know, in a perfect world, it would be, but you have to be so lucky, right? To put so much into it. Yeah. So he's finally kind of come around to that that idea it was like oh you have to get a real job and <laughs> you know support it.
1: But I think eventually that'll make that'll make the music more special I yeah, think. Yeah, he's put on, um,
0: on a variety he, of different stuff.
1: Uh does he have YouTube or something?
0: Um yeah, he's got some stuff on Spotify you actually might like. Um I'm going to start writing down a list of stuff I'll send you after this. <laughs>
1: yeah dude yeah um send me send me that stuff i'll link it in the um in the notes for oh, this sure. podcast yeah so. he's
0: always uh he's got some good um you've listened like joji before or no joji is
1: joji i have dude i see people talk about that all the time, but i've never taken. it's like a, shot.
0: a kind of some lo fi like chill hip hop kinda. Um, and that's kind of the stuff that Logan's doing currently, but he's also got like his heavy band and stuff too. Um, but that's his, awesome, that's his passion project. This is Joji esque stuff, that's it's pretty good. Um, I'll have to, I don't remember exactly what it's like called on Spotify and stuff. I'll, also, I'll
1: send you some links. Logan project, some of the now, okay, are you saying like. Joji is, like, the type of music?
0: No, Joji's the artist.
1: Okay. That's what I was... I was, like... I've never heard of it called that, if that's... But I've always, like, lo-fi. I know that, like, you see, like, a bunch of, like... Well, I guess... I don't like the word millennials. I don't like all those generational, you know, terms Mm -hmm. or whatever, but for a better lack of a word, we'll say millennials. I see a bunch of those uh, people, like they'll post on Facebook or Instagram or something like, yeah, I fell asleep to like lo-fi and like, this is what I sleep to. And I'm like, I wonder how, uh, how that changes the shape of your dreams because I've listened to some lo-fi stuff and I'm like, your dream could be either really chill or like really freaky. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The only time I ever listen to lo-fi is, um, sometimes I'm like studying and stuff. Um, because I, I have a really hard time listening to music Um, when I'm, like, studying or working on stuff, just because I'll pay too much attention to it. Um, like, you know, if I hear, like, an interesting rhythm or something like that, like, it'll just kind of stick in my head, and it's, like, it's hard to focus on whatever I need to focus on. So, the good thing about lo-fi is your brain kind of just filters out basically everything in lo-fi except the background beat, at least mine does. And So, I basically just listen to the same background beat over and over and over, and it's just there, you know what I mean?
1: What... Especially without lyrics and and vocals, mm-hmm. it's it's very stripped down. I mean, it is very um, kind of like bass. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's. But yeah, dude. Um, did you say for the new project? Did they? Did you guys land on a on a it, name, or is that still in the works? Think.
0: It'll be under Avian, um, as well. And I mean, it's. It's definitely uh, stalled right now. Like, it's all, it's all done, but we have no idea how the distribution's going to work yet. Um, I probably need to message Logan again, because he wanted to contact somebody to do it, um, and kind of, you know, light a fire under him to do it. Um, but yeah, if we think it's going to be under the same name, because it's pretty similar vibe stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't think I listened... I, I'm not sure if I listened to any of the Avian stuff. It's, so,
0: uh, I mean... We all thought it was much better. <laughs> it's, uh, it was less heavy and stuff as well.
1: Did you guys play anywhere cool? Or... Played all over
0: Dayton, Cincinnati area. Played, like, the attic before the attic closed down.
1: Do um, you seriously play the attic? Oh, yeah. That's if awesome. I played, I
0: played the attic more than anywhere else. Um, I mean, at least half a dozen times. Um, Cincinnati had a place called the 86 Club. I'm not sure if it's still around. Um, Land of Illusion in Middletown they had the Battle of the Bands thing one time we played Uh, anywhere that was having shows man we were just emailing people and playing them
1: you didn't play Bogarts did you?
0: no but my friends have played Bogarts for sure
1: that's awesome dude we went to see um, August Burns Red the uh, Constellation uh, tenure Mm -hmm. tour uh, last year and dude I hadn't been back to Bogart's. I hadn't been back to Bogart's since we saw uh, a David Crowder band there. (laughs) So we, uh, yeah, we we had a blast, me and my wife did. And dude, getting to see Jake Lures just completely, that dude controls the Mm -hmm. crowd. Like, you know, I like a lot of, you know, like disrespect your surroundings and crap like that. He doesn't even use that cliche stuff. He just points at the crowd and people just, like, start beating the <laughs> crap out of each other. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, August always Dredd is good stuff. I, Matt Griner, the drummer, is, like, definitely a super, super solid drummer I've always enjoyed.
1: Dude, he's, like, I'm not a drummer and I'll never pretend to know a lot about drums, but I listen to Matt Griner's podcast mm-hmm. and... He was the only one that stayed back after the show, and I got to meet him, and I was, like, pretty much, like... <laughs> like, not worthy, not yeah. worthy! <laughs> he's definitely... Because he's my favorite dude out of the band, like, he's insane. Yeah,
0: he's he's really good. I mean, he's definitely far above average for, you know, as far as drumming standards go. He's incredibly clean. He right, right, some yeah. good parts.
1: And they, like, I... Um... I can't remember what, what podcast it was on, but they were on some podcasts like three months before they went on that tour. And they were like, uh, so you guys have been like, what have you guys been doing before the, like to get ready for the show? And they were like, oh, we've been like freaking, we've been practicing for six mm-hmm. months. And all they did was practice for like 10 hours a day for six yeah. months. And in the show, it sounded... Dude, the show sounded like you were listening to the yeah. CD. Like, they played it front to back, and every single note was hit. Every, like... I I couldn't believe it. They're technical wizards. Yeah, like.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the thing that, like... Because, like, one of my favorite bands is uh, Between the Buried and Me. And they're, like, a really progressive band. So, like, they write some, like, musically super crazy stuff. And so after they finish an album they've got to rehearse for a few months because they've written parts a lot of times that like they can't do on the first try. <laughs> you know? And sometimes they're, well, like, yeah. they're talking about, like, oh, I hate myself for writing this part because it's so hard. <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah, and dude, that's what August Burns Red said. And they said they were... What is that? That album is 12 mm-hmm. tracks. They said that there was six tracks that they've never played live. Yeah. Ever. Once. And uh, some of the some of the songs were up to 175 beats a minute and it's just like that's crazy (laughs) uh but yeah dude definitely um definitely ship me some of those uh some of those links i uh i'll I'll get behind it man i I hope that i hope that somebody i wish i was the music distributor because i would just hook you up (laughs) now like
0: i it's just like it's a little passion project stuff like it's probably not gonna be recorded incredibly well you know but it's it's just cool to be like you know one day if i have kids someday i'll be like hey you know we made some music it's pretty cool you know it's just it's just more nostalgia for ourselves more than anything you know
1: Dude, and that's the that's what you should do stuff for. I do this podcast for yeah. myself. That's because I listen to podcasts and I said, Oh, I should just mm-hmm. do it. And so I I do it and it's it's fun as heck. Uh, I don't care if anybody else is listening. I listen to it every yeah. week. <laughs> so that's
0: yeah, not a good way to go, man.
1: But yeah, dude, good good luck with uh, I'm I'm hoping you guys find Something uh, that's not gonna, you know, rip you off necessarily. Um, and something that can can streamline Man. that stuff. Because I, th- I think it's... Dude, if I remember the stuff, at least the stuff from uh, When the Sky Burns, I, it was worth listening <laughs> Thanks, to.
0: Thanks, but I appreciate that.
1: But yeah, dude, that's Hard... Heavy music has to live <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I mean, I find myself, like, I don't listen to very much anymore. I listen to stuff I used to, you know, but I'm never searching out, like, new heavy music. Everything new I'm listening to is a, a lot lighter variety nowadays, for sure.
1: <laughs> Your ears are getting softer. I think it's... Um,
0: <laughs> not so much they're getting softer, I think it's just getting broader. I think uh, I think a lot of guys kind of go through uh, kind of an edgy phase. You know where they're like, "Oh man, I don't like this stuff because it's cool not to like it," kind of deal. It kind of really yeah. narrows your uh, your worldview, right? And so I have a lot better appreciation for things, you know, purely for their musical qualities rather than if I thought it was cool at the time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, dude i i definitely I definitely feel you there. That's actually I've never had a way to put it. So you put it you put it well. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have never, ever, ever caught myself listening mm-hmm. to pop, but I listened to pop music from like when we were in middle school, um, because it's it's classic and it's I think I think mm-hmm. it's genuine, I think, and there's even like like okay everybody everybody that's ever lived in the Midwest that like you said has that edgy phase, someone says. Well, what do you listen to? And your immediate answer is uh, anything but country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you listen and like now I have country songs that I I'm not saying I'm a country fanatic but there are songs where I'm like, I will I will put yeah. that on if there's time and a place for it. Yeah. So. I
0: like my old country, like oh, some Johnny Cash and stuff. Um, but like I don't know. My, my uh, family just burnt the radio out on Modern Country, and I hated it. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, reason to hate it. Sure. That that definitely is. But hey, man, uh, I'm going to go ahead and hop off, because I think like 40 minutes ago, I said <laughs> that I had like 10 so minutes. So. But dude, it's been I- worth every second. And uh, Dude, I'm glad for you. Like I said, I'm super proud of you. Keep it up. I'm hoping... Uh, I'm hoping you can find something less than an hour and forty-five yeah, me minutes. too. I
0: appreciate that, man. Thanks.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, just keep it up, and uh, I think let's see. Do the math. I will talk to you again in like eight years. So
0: <laughs> hopefully sooner. We'll see.
1: Definitely right. sooner. Yeah. Well, dude, you've been super enlightening on a bunch of different topics and, uh, glad to have you on. We'll, uh, catch all you, later, catch I you later.
0: man. Appreciate it.
1: See ya. Have fun. Guys, that was a, such a awesome interview. I, I enjoyed what I like about it, it. It wasn't an interview. It was just me talking to a friend. And I think that's how I want all these to go. I think that's the way I want all these to go. And, uh, Dude, Ethan is, like, a really awesome dude. Uh, something that we didn't even talk about was how he used to, we used to go out, um, and play tennis, because he was, like, a, a kind of a tennis star, um, at Preble Shawnee where we went to, to high school, and, uh, he also played tennis on the IU East team and was pretty good, um... Like, I saw his picture in the paper once, I think, so, uh, (laughs) like, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome, but, uh, he used to serve, like, a hundred miles an hour, and I couldn't return any of his stuff. I would play with people from Union County and, like, be decent and could hang, and I just couldn't hang with, with Ethan. It didn't keep me from playing him, uh, because he made me a little bit better at tennis, but, uh, yeah, he's killer. He's, he's awesome. Uh, and dude, all around good dude. I'm glad he's doing awesome and, uh, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Uh, this weekend's gonna be packed. Um, as it stands now, there's gonna be three episodes coming out, so it's a little bit of a bank, you know, you can store up, uh, if you, if you're not, you've, you've not got something going on, uh, you know, listen to an episode here or there, um, I think I'm just kind of making up ground on having not brought out a bunch of stuff in a while. So, uh, but yeah, in, enjoy the enjoy the weekend. If it's a good weather. Put a hoodie on, walk, and have a have a campfire if your county isn't in a burn ban. And uh, just try to enjoy it, guys. We'll uh, see you on the next episode. Peace.